Hey, Jenna. Yes, Steve? When does a joke become a dad joke? I don't know, Steve. When? When it becomes a parent. <laughs> oh, God. Okay, thank you. Bye. Bye. Go to work. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Engage, a family gaming podcast. This is episode 149, and I am your host, Stephen Dutzman. As always, this is the official video game and board game podcast for EngagedFamilyGaming.com. EFG is a website where parents like myself and my co-hosts come together to give parents and families the information they need to get their family game on. This is a special episode this week. It's a fireside chat where we're going to talk about some Nintendo news. Uh, but more importantly, I have a new permanent video game co-host um, who many of you have heard stories of for years at this point. Um, it's Tila Damboys, who you many of you will previously know as my girl from GameStop. So, Tila, how are you? I'm good. How are you? I'm good. Uh, I'm glad that you are finally on the show because we've talked about having you on the show you know, once in a while while you were working, but you were obviously were working because that's when I saw yeah. you. So now you get, you know, you don't have to deal with that crap anymore. And so, you know, I, I Facebooked you and was like, Hey, you're going to come on my show. Um, every and other I was week. like, I guess. And you're like, yeah, exactly. You were like, well, I guess pull my <laughs> leg, Steve. Um, talk about video games every once in a while. How crazy is that? And you were doing it on your brand new, uh, you're recording this on your brand new note nine, um, how's, it, how's it feel to be on the bleeding edge of cell phone technology? You know, just so great. I'm just so up to date now. So up to date. Do you know how to use it at all? No, no. I'm all getting right. used to that too. I had yeah. an iPhone and yeah. I was just like, I don't even know. Yeah, you'll get there. It's fine. Um, just get used to rebuying all your apps. Um, yeah. Games will be cheaper for you. You'll just get them later. So, um, spoiler alert, in case you were That's curious. Okay. So... Um, so everybody listening, um, before we get too much farther into things, I would like to take a moment to thank you for listening. We do hope the games that you've been playing have been great. I think Tila and I are playing two of our favorite games this year, so we're going to talk about that. Um, this is a video game week. Um, I know we're supposed to alternate in the last couple of weeks. We're board game shows, and now it's going to even itself out. We're just kind of going where the content is. We had a couple of board game weeks in a row, and now... Um, lots of really exciting video game stuff as we bust into the holiday season. So just just bear with us as we get going. But specifically, this is exciting because we had a Nintendo Direct um, that was chock full of way more announcements than I thought was going to be in there. What do you think, Tila? It was crazy. There was so much more than um, a lot of people were expecting because it's not even any big announcement or anything they're just like oh there's a direct coming up so yeah that was crazy yeah it was nuts so we're gonna we will go through mostly one by one with all the announcements um and get to the big stuff um and then we'll, we'll take bets as to which one will be the biggest announcement i think it's pretty clear once we get there um but before we do that we're gonna go around the horn because uh you and i um we got we gotta talk about some games so um ladies first you have oh, been playing thank you. Dragon Quest Eleven, which I am very jealous of. Um, yeah, so, it's a it's a long game, so yeah. Well, so um, I played it at E three. I played. They gave me a fifteen minute demo, so that was like most of the game, from what I. Yeah. Understood. Oh yeah. You know, you just um, you might might as well have played it. I may, I pretty much played the whole thing. So, Dragon Quest, I, I, arguably the most storied 
JRPG franchise? Probably. I would, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's that. It's either that or Final Fantasy, and really. I think the thing that Dragon Quest does that Final Fantasy doesn't is that Dragon Quest really... Tell me if I'm wrong, because you're the Dragon Quest girl. Dragon Quest really doesn't reinvent itself. It just doubles down. Yeah, that's... um. A lot of people were complaining about this time around, but I I love it because they do that. They don't they don't try to like reinvent themselves. They just say, you know, we know that this works and a lot of people like it, so we're just going to go with it. Uh, yeah, I mean, that's one thing. As a huge Final Fantasy fan, which you know, that is my jam. Yes. Um, the one thing that I dislike is that I have to relearn the game every time. Now, they come out decades apart, so it's not that big of a deal. It's not like I'm really dealing with my memory. But I really would like... It. Final Fantasy games aren't, you know, going to a game in the series... It's not like it's comfort food, right? Like, it's not like yeah. I can play it and, you know, it doesn't matter what game I'm playing. It's always, you know... Like, it's not familiar. Um, Yeah. We all kind of settle into having, like, our favorite game in the series. Whereas for you, it's like, hey, they they put on a new Dragon Dragon Quest. And it's like, you kind of know what what to expect. Which... Yeah, let's get into this. ...is attractive to me. I've just never been a Dragon Quest guy. I tried the one that was on 3DS recently. um, Okay. That was the one that was originally on PS2 and GameCube. That was my Um, jam. And I enjoyed it. Um, but I quickly traded it in. Um, but um, but this one I've had my eye on, and I, I will admit I'm sad that you bought it digitally because I would have borrowed your copy. Um, but that's okay. Well, you can totally. You're good. Yeah. So you can just sign into my account. You know. Um, I mean, I guess I could. Uh, we'll figure that out. <laughs> so tell me. So there's a lot of folks listening that they hear JP, JRPG and their eyes kind of glaze over because they're used to me just yammering about them. Um, <laughs> So let's ignore that. What's the elevator pitch for Dragon Quest? Well, it's a big open world game. There's uh, obviously the story mode is the biggest thing about it. You have six different characters that you um, basically accrue over time. Mm -hmm. And you go on this amazing story-driven quest line. um, And there's side quests. There's so much to do. It's, It's a really fun game. And so combat is turn-based, right? So you're... Yes. So this is not like a Twitch game. This is everybody, you know, kind of takes... You select attack, and the dude steps forward and attacks. Or lady steps forward and attacks. Well, yeah, and too, in this game, like some of the newer games that are JRPGs that have been coming out, what they do is they tell you the order of the people that are like, so it's going to be you, then the enemy, then you, you, you. In this one, they don't show you that at all. So you have no idea what the turn of events is going to be. Hmm. That does add a little bit to it. That certainly adds some tension. Like when I first started, when I played, you know, Final Fantasy X a million years ago, but I've been playing it recently, like it tells you the turn order. Um, oh, so yeah. So you can really, um, you know, manipulate it or just prepare for it. The same thing with Octopath Traveler, um, which... yeah. I mean, that, in that case, that is information that you must know in Octopath Traveler. If you didn't know the turn order, the game would be impossible. So here, yeah, you I'm guessing it. it's not impossible without knowing that information, but it does certainly add a layer of tension until you kind of get used to the flow of battle, right? For sure, especially because um, enemies, sometimes they can attack twice and you don't know that ahead of time. Um, you might have quicker agility than them, but for some reason they go before you. It's insane and sometimes you'll just end up killing most of your characters because you're just not healing when you should so it's very um strategic sure 
It's also beautiful, right? Oh, yeah. Um, Gorgeous game. So, um, the one of the hallmarks of the Dragon Quest series is has always been the character design, um, which is, you know, Kira Toriyama um, is the artist. It, it, those of you listening are like, who's that? I don't know. I get it. Um, um, Tila and I know who he is. Um, but for yes. those of you listening that may not be super familiar, he's the guy that does the art for uh, Dragon Ball. So um, these characters kind of look like they could fit well into that universe. Like if they popped into a Dragon Ball um, Super episode, like it would be weird, but not super weird. Yeah, um, now that I think about it, the the new hero looks a lot like Trunks. Yeah, he really does with the yeah. you know, with the bowl cut and everything. Um, yeah, yeah, that was some next level nerd stuff, folks. Um, <laughs> so the so. The, so the, the story is obviously super important. Now, one thing I did, because I listened to a couple podcasts where they talked about this game, and one of the things they said is that the story is, um, and one of the things they praised about it is that the story is relatively simple, meaning it's relatively straightforward. Um, would you agree with that assessment? Oh, yeah. It's definitely fairly easy to follow, and there's no, like, there are twists that you weren't prepared for, but nothing too crazy that you weren't... Um, they change the game completely, you know? Sure. And this is, you know, it's a high, the other, one other thing that's worth noting about Dragon, uh, Dragon Quest is when a lot of folks think about JRPGs, especially, you know, EFG listeners, you know, we think about Final Fantasy, which is all steampunk or, um, you know, kind of sci-fi fantasy. This is a sword and sorcery fantasy, Lord of the Rings type, you know, this is knights and wizards, um, and horseback riding, um, Oh yeah. No, I mean, is there a, is there a gun in sight? Not, no, not really. There are enemies that have um, their mechanical enemies that have guns and stuff like that. But most of the time, all of your characters are all you know, stabs and fisticuffs is one of the weapons, um, daggers and you know, swords. Just the regular medieval fanfare. Sure. So, and that's, that, I mean, that's a big thing for a lot of folks, right? I mean, if you're looking for a sword and sorcery fantasy game, um, this is, this certainly fits the bill. And you know what? A lot of RPGs really don't do that now, right? I mean, a lot of the no, role-playing yeah. games venture into sci-fi or at the very least are somewhere in the middle, which is obviously, you know, that's what Final Fantasy finds itself in. Most yeah, pretty steampunky, you know. Yeah, exactly. Steampunk at best. Um Yeah. So, yeah, I mean, I so it just came out. This is one of those games that's going to have a long tail. It has a DLC pack too, right? Is they're going to have DLC for this one? I am not sure. I haven't read that yet, but I'm sure they will. The only thing is is I played 65 hours and I just finished the main story quest line. Yeah. Um and there's an after story quest line. So, um, yeah, so after you beat the game, there's a whole other post-beating-the-game quest line that you can do okay. that adds another, like, 20 hours. So so this is the 100-hour video game, probably. Easily, if you're doing yeah. Everything. I mean, so a lot of value here. A lot of value oh, yeah. if it's something that, that the, uh, the kiddos like. I think, so is there a demo? I don't know if there's a demo. Let me, let me uh, look I it haven't. Up. Yeah, I'm, I'm not sure on that one. one. It would definitely be hard to get a snapshot of it. 
and really understand what's going on, I think. But even if they did like the first 10 minutes of the game or something like that. Yeah, I think there's something to be said about, gra- you know, um, grabbing a, you know, watching a YouTube video with the kid. You know, if they are interested in this type of game, mm-hmm. I think there yeah. is something to be said about, you know, watching a YouTube video, seeing if they like the combat. Because um, there is a certain amount of, I mean, would you agree, a certain amount of patience that you need? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Dragon Quest Eight was, like I said, my jam when I was younger. I was probably about... 9 10 when i picked it up and that was my God, favorite don't, game don't don't do that kind of stuff please don't do that kind of stuff um <laughs> but it was it wasn't hard for me to understand at that age you know sure. what i mean it was and like you said they reuse a lot of the same things that they previously did yeah. um as far as like the the combat and stuff like that so it you know it wasn't hard but it sure. it is something you kind of have to be into sure for for what it's worth, Tila, um, Dragon Quest Eight was released on the PS2 originally mm-hmm. um, as a uh, it was a late PS2 game. Yeah. Um, I got my launch PS2 when I was working at Blockbuster. So when okay. you're like, oh, I played this late PS2 cycle game when I was <laughs> ten, you basically <laughs> just made me feel really, really old. It's okay. Um, I'm I'll sorry. For, I'll forgive you. So, um, so the game, the full game is called Dragon Quest Eleven: Echoes of an Elusive Age. Um, it gets resounding praise from you, and critically, it was well received. Also, with that mm-hmm. said, um, there are some problematic things for the uh, for the younger kids, or maybe not necessarily for the younger kids, but maybe for the not so young kids. What? what um, yeah. Some of the character designs. I mean, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some of the yeah, costumes. they uh, they're very busty usually, even in their regular costumes. Um, and then there are like they have the regular armor that you can put on, and they don't change your appearance. And then they have armors that are specifically to change your appearance. And there's like a like a bunny outfit for one of your girls. Um, so yeah, that would be a little bit of an issue, I would say. Yeah, I mean, this is one of those ones, you know. Um, read the ESRB descriptor. Um, you know, they, they are cartoon characters. They are by no means realistic. Um, and I, I mean, from what I have read, it doesn't look like it, you know, it doesn't really get crazy. However, it's just some of the costumes are a little bit over the top. Yeah. Um, racy a little bit. So something to pay attention to. Um, again, a quick Google search and you'll find some images. You'll know if it's something that you are super concerned about. Um, but in general, you know, it is rated T for teen. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it earns that T rating. Um, you know, especially it, it bumps into T rating just by itself because they're realistic people fighting with swords. Like, so it automatically yeah, bumps true. into that. However, it earns it. Um, it kind of solidifies that T rating with, um, you know, some of the, the racy costumes. And so, there's a like a big part of the game that I love. Uh, it's a casino, and it's not. There's no like crazy people dancing or anything like that. It's just a bunch of slots. Um, but you know, gambling. Sometimes people are like that, eh, about you know, that. So you know what, gambling. I mean, gambling actually does qualify. Uh, it does bump things into uh, simulated gambling. Will absolutely bump things into a T rating. So they probably mm-hmm. knew what they were working with, and were just like, fine, we'll put a slot machine in it. <laughs> yeah yeah the, the previous the previous games too had casinos uh i love it because i'll spend like three hours just trying to hit the jackpot 
Um, but yeah. <laughs> um, no, no comment. No comment. So <laughs> it's a so, problem. So you've been playing Dragon Quest Eleven, Echoes of an Elusive Age. Two thumbs up from Tila. Um, oh, I yeah. can't wait to get a chance to play it myself. Uh, I have been playing this little indie game from this, you know, no-name studio called Spider-Man. I don't know if you've ever heard of Spider-Man. No, you know, he's uh, so, he's new to me, new just to in you. this podcast right now. Yep. yep. No, never heard of Spider-Man. Um, no. Let me tell you, I think this little indie studio named Insomniac has a future. Oh, yeah. Um, oh, yeah. So, um, folks listening, Teal and I are obviously joking. You guys should know that. Um, Spider-Man is one of probably one of the best well-known superheroes in North America. Probably, mm-hmm. I think. For sure. Um, yeah. And so he has a video game. Um, he's had multiple video games in the past. However, now um, he has a PlayStation 4 exclusive game uh, published by Insomniac Games. Um, and it just came out last week or the week before. Um, it is... Uh, without question, right now at least, and I don't see much coming down the pike that will challenge it, the EFG Game of the Year. Um, This is a really freaking good game. Um, I don't 100% anything, Tila. Yeah. I'm going to platinum this game. (laughs) I'm so excited for you. I am... I don't platinum games. I finish things and I run away. And... Yeah. um, So, Spider-Man is a New York superhero. And I think that that's something that kind of gets lost, you know, when we hear, you know, when we watched him in Infinity War. Didn't really spend a lot of time in New York. Um, But fundamentally, Spider-Man is a New York superhero. And so that's important because that actually makes... um, that, that, That makes the city of New York as important of a character to the Spider-Man story as Spider-Man or any of the villains. Um, and I think Insomniac successfully um, recreated New York as closely as they could. It's not a one-to-one recreation, um, but they they captured the character of New York um, very well. Um, and they also slam-dunked Peter Parker. Spider-Man is not a hard character to write or have exist right he's super strong he's super fast he can web he doesn't really talk a whole lot and when he does it's mostly stupid Mm one-liners but peter parker is different story because he's you know and and that interplay between and the, the 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 mashup of those two worlds like peter parker's personal life um and you know he has a job and he had a failed relationship that he's trying to figure out, and he's also a superhero. Um, the, the the collision of those two worlds is a huge part of the Spider-Man comics and, you know, his movies when they're done correctly. Um, and they nailed all of those aspects. Like, this thing, it's just so good. You actually play as Mary Jane for certain, certain sections of the game. Um, that is definitely awesome. Um, I I will say that I am not the biggest fans of those sections because obviously she doesn't fight, so it's yeah. all if you're spotted, you're dead. Stealth segments, oh. um, and I'm bad at them. However, yeah, me too. The checkpointing is super forgiving, so you basically have to go through like one or two, you know, like challenges, and you get a checkpoint. Um, oh, okay. And, you know, so, and the load times are not, are not bad. So while I was not the biggest fan of them, like when they came up, I was, I was like, oh man, I wish I could just swing around to Spider-Man. It's not like I yeah. wanted to turn off the game. 
Um, but they really did a good job because the, the um, most Spider-Man comics, like or the the movies, for example, you know, we know the movie after Homecoming is going to be a lot about Peter Parker and his relationship with Mary Jane, right? Mm-hmm. Um, in this case, he's not a high he's not a high schooler anymore. It takes place eight years after he became Spider-Man, so he's an oh, adult. Boy. Um, and he and Mary Jane. Uh, are not together. They broke up before the events of the movie, or of the game, rather. Um, and why I think that's relevant is because that adds this extra layer of tension that I felt in Peter Parker, because she knows he's Spider-Man. So oh, yeah. his ex-girlfriend, <laughs> who happens to be a reporter, because they made her work for the Bugle, which I think is an elegant change. Um, yeah. But, I mean, she could just say Peter Parker is Spider-Man. And, um, <laughs> and, you know, it. like, and that's his ex-girlfriend that could basically kill him. Yeah. And, but she doesn't. And, but there's still that tension there. Um, I think they did a really good job of kind of building that relationship and kind of having them play off each other, um, without it being like super obnoxious. Yeah. Um, or like awkward. Yeah. Well, it was awkward. But I think that was on purpose because Peter Parker's awkward. That's one of the reasons why I identify with him. As yeah, much not as I do. overly or anything. Yeah, yeah. Um, and some yeah. of that was the 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 voice acting. Um, so it, the story was very cool. Um, there's some, this is not tied into the Marvel Cinematic Universe or the comics. This is its own thing. He is his own Spider-Man in his own part of the Spider Verse. Um, and which is why they went out. Cause if you look at the cover and you've probably seen some of the commercials, you see the big white spider on him. Um, Insomniac that we watched some interviews with him, with them at E3. They deliberately created a Spider-Man that looks distinct. Oh, um, okay. They want people to recognize their Spider-Man um, as different. And he's actually appearing in some Spider-Verse comics that are happening right now. They're doing a thing called Spider-Geddon and the Insomniac Spider-Man is in it. Um, and that's intended to be, you know, this is canonically, this is the Spider-Man that is from the video game. Um, but the, and I could go on and on about the story and, you know, some of the plot twists, but, um, the best part of it is the web swing. It feels so cool to you. <laughs> to Does just it? swing around New York. They nailed yeah. every last part of it. Um, there's a little bit of a learning curve. Um, Evan has been playing it and he struggled in the beginning like he was bumping into buildings and he was having a real hard time of it. But yeah. Um, once he got the hang of it, he just started killing it and it became not, you know, second nature. There are just a lot of different moves you can do. And all of them are kind of contextual based on where you are. For example, oh, okay. you can run up walls. And if, as you get close to the top of a building, you can press X and he will jump and like slingshot himself over the building, okay. which you don't need to do that, but it definitely makes you go faster and it just kind of adds to the momentum. Um, yeah. And it looks pretty cool. I'm sure. And it, Oh, it looks amazing. And it doesn't hurt <laughs> that this game is absolutely astonishingly beautiful. Um, yeah. What I've seen of the screenshots and stuff, oh. it is so realistic. Oh, it's crazy. Um, I, my mom was here at my house the other day. I forget why her, her and my sister were here. I, they were, doing something. And I was like, Hey, could I just show you Spider-Man? 
Mm-hmm. Um, and I've my and I do this regularly with my mother. And we talked about this when she was a guest on the show. Like I'll just every once in a while, like just pull out a game and be like, "Hey, check out what video games are now," because um, <laughs> she doesn't have kids in the house, so she doesn't see it. Anymore, yeah. Right. Um, and so I just climbed to the top of Avengers Tower, which by itself was kind of cool, and yeah. then just looked out over um, Manhattan at sunset, and it was astonishing. Um, yeah, the game's know. beautiful. Oh, it's absolutely... And I'm not even playing on a PS4 Pro or anything like that. We have a base PS4, um, and it's gorgeous. So um, this gets two thumbs up from me big time. Um, our, you know, seal of approval, which, I, you know, we don't give scores here, but, you know, it, it, th- this is one of those things where if you would let your child watch a Spider-Man movie or read a Spider-Man comic, then... Um, this game fits right in there. I mean, it does get a little intense, um, but you know, if it, it fits right in line with most other Spider-Man media, um, and man, is it so good! It's so good. I gotta say too, it's nice that Spider-Man finally has a really good game um, because right. I know that there, in the past, a lot of the ones that did come out, nobody there was, you know, there's always a cult following to certain ones, but. Nobody was overall like, all of these are amazing. So this is, you know, they're really doing him justice this time around. Agreed. It's, you know, Activision had the license for the longest time and they churned out a bunch of games. And I think all of them were good. They were okay. Okay. Right. And that's fine. Right. Like when something is good or okay. Um, everybody's going to latch on to one or two because they like, you know, Shattered Dimensions was neat because it had Spider-Man noir and, you know, all the different, you know, that kind of thing. Like, everybody latched on to something. Um, yeah. This is just a really freaking good Spider-Man game. Um, and a lot of people can like it. It's going to be a widely exactly. accepted thing. Um, it's also going to have... So, for, for the folks that are like, oh, man, you know, it's just getting into the holidays. Do I really want to go out and pony up 60 bucks to buy my kids a Spider-Man game? Um, I say uh, hold off if you want. Uh, this will be a great Christmas gift. Um, I expect that they're going to have um, – you might be able to get some good sales on this one. Sony is pushing this because it is their big fall title. Um, I The – the other piece to this is if you really want to wait, for example, maybe you have a kid that's 10 and you want to wait a little bit next year. There is a season pass um, and there's going to be three complete DLC packs with hours of additional story. I guarantee that this is going to have like a game of the year, legendary edition or something that comes out next year. That'll have a, that'll be a discount that'll include all the DLC. So this is one don't freak out. You know, even if you get spoilers on the story, like, I'm telling you, as someone who has rolled credits on the game, you're going to be fine, because <laughs> the voyage getting there um, really Yeah, how isn't... long would you say the game was? <laughs> um, I don't know. Depending on how you play it. Jenna, how long did I play Spider-Man? Probably like 25 hours, right? I would say between 25 and... I think I've played about... You think 30? Yeah. I've played about 30. Now, remember how I told you I don't platinum anything, but I platinum this one? Yeah. Mm -hmm. This is a game where, you know, they made Manhattan a person, um, and all (laughs) over that map are a bunch of collectibles. There's 55 backpacks. There are... Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Kind of like Infamous. Yeah, exactly. Very similar to Infamous. Mm -hmm. You know what it gave me is a lot of... uh, Some Crackdown vibes. 
Um, oh, okay. So, um, but also kind of like Assassin's Creed too. Um, now these okay. are M-rated games for those of you listening, but basically these are genres of games where you have a big old map and there's just, the map is just loaded with activities. <laughs> um, the thing that I liked about the activities are like the backpacks, for example, um, they are easy to find. Um, so really they are just a run and go do them, you know? And so getting there is the challenge. Um, and it just forces you to swing through New York, which is probably the funnest part of the game. So I grabbed all of those. There are towers that you need to unlock that let you see the different activities. Um, there are real world, there are New York landmarks that you have to take pictures of. And they are places like the Sanctum Santorum, the, the Wakandan Embassy, Madison Square Garden, you know, etc., where you just have to go up to them and take a picture. And each of these collectibles gives you a token... Um, be they research tokens or landmark tokens, etc. And you use those tokens to either unlock new suits, of which there are 20 some odd right now, um, mm -hmm. or um, upgrade your gadgets because you have a huge gadget wheel full of very Batman-esque um, with different kinds of web shooters that you can use, uh, web grenades, trip lines, etc. Um, mm -hmm. And I truthfully... I made it 20-some-odd hours into the game without really experimenting with any of the stuff, like with the gadgets. I was just rolling in and punching dudes. The game is Damn. fundamentally different when you use those gadgets. It's just so cool. There's just Every time you turn around, there's just new stuff. Um, and the and you could are, probably play multiple times with different ways to play and stuff, which could. is really cool, well, too. They're, add, they're, adding a new, they're adding a new game plus that they... Awesome. Um, and they don't even really know what's in it yet. It's still being designed, so it's not just start the game over with all your stuff. They're going to add probably new enemy types or new enemy behaviors, kind of like what the God of War game, New Game Plus mm -hmm. was. So for That's those awesome. listening, I, let's just say I'm just going to repeat myself. Spider-Man is amazing. Um, it's probably <laughs> going to be, I, at this point, unless something comes completely out of left field, it's going to be my game of the year this year. Um, and it so deserves it. This is such a great game. Um, I recommend it for just about everybody. As long as you are comfortable Letting you, if you'd let your kid watch the Avengers uh, or read a Spider-Man comic, then this game is right in there. Um, so that's Spider-Man. Um, so another thing happened today, Tila, and that is that Nintendo's online service went live, which meant... Yeah, you were telling the, me. The NES games went live. Um, and so I had a little mm -hmm. bit of experience. Um, the uh, Nintendo Online, right now there are 20 NES games that are available right now, included as part of the service that you can play on the internet. Um, and they are adding three more every month for the next three months. So October, November, and December. Um, they are, you know, not, I mean, they are all NES games. And some of them are somewhat forgettable. However... Okay. Um, ice hockey with online multi multiplayer. I'm talking, remember you, this is well before you were born, but I'm sure you yeah. have seen the ice hockey where you can pick the fat guys, the middle guys or the skinny guys. I have, I watch a lot <laughs> of YouTube. All right. Okay. So, um, I, I played a bunch of that. Um, I played, uh, the game that I put the most time into today, uh, on that was pro wrestling for the NES. Um, oh boy. And, um, it made me wonder why Starman isn't a character in Smash yet. Yeah, you um, know, I feel like they should definitely put that in there. 
Right. Thank you for agreeing with me. So, um, for those of you that you know are on the fence, I mean, on the, about the Nintendo Online service, here's how it here's how it, it waits out. If your kids play Mario Kart Online or Splatoon Two Online or Mario Tennis Online, then you have to, and it's twenty bucks for a year. Um, if they don't, it may be worth it to buy it. You know, every once in a while for a month. Um, yeah, cause the way it comes out to you is it's $20 a year or $4 a month or $8 for three months. Either way, it's a relatively nominal fee. If you're going to buy it for the year, you may as well pay the full 20 bucks. But if it's just, oh, well, we'll buy it. So you have it on a, you know, a, a summer vacation or something like that. You know, that, that also makes sense. Um, you know, buy it a la carte, but only when you need it. Um, it's kind of Netflix style. I had no problems down, you know, I didn't have to download any of the games. You just play them right over the internet. Um, and they all have online play. Um, you can also kind of group up with people and share the game experience, um, and do like voice chat and we can pass the controller back and forth. Even if it's a single player game, like say, you know, Super Mario brothers three, you know, we could pass the controller back and forth. So neat little functionality. I think it's going to be better when there are more games. Um, I think it'll be even better when they start adding Super Nintendo games to it. They haven't announced it yet, but I think that kind of feels inevitable. Um, All I want is Super Mario Sunshine. I mean, you got a ways for that, dude. I think I know, but my dreams. I think that we will get... I, I think that's due for an HD remaster. Yeah, that's what I'm saying, right? Um, cause, And they could definitely put it on the 3DS. I, I have no idea why Mario Sunshine is not on the 3DS yet. They put Luigi's Mansion there. Um, yeah. And if Luigi's Mansion will run there, I see no reason why Sunshine wouldn't. Uh, but I think Sunshine is also, I mean, Sunshine in both galaxies. Like, why are those not in a pack in bundle? Yeah, HD I love Switch? the galaxy games too. Those are fantastic. <laughs> they are amazing. Um, so, so yeah, that's the Nintendo Online. I mean, I it, it does what it needs to do. Um, the cloud saves. I immediately, uh, as, as soon as I downloaded the thing, uploaded my. Uh, my Legend of Zelda save to the cloud. Um, Because I don't want to lose that in case something bad happens to my Switch. Yeah, that's a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But another interesting factoid, something that was proven today, is um, so you designate a primary account that is associated with your given Switch. um, Mm -hmm. And as of now, you can log in uh, to your account on secondary Switches. Like, for example, I could go to your house and on your Switch... I could play my digital games on it. So, for example, if you don't have the Messenger, I could go to your house, log into my account, download the Messenger, and we could play it there. Nintendo's um, coming to the table. I mean, that's... It, it, it does not work as perfectly, um, because, you know, like, on the Xbox and PS4, it basically turns the consoles into terminals. Um, mm-hmm. But th- I think that's a big step. Um, that is a huge step And, and for it them. also provides a bit of an incentive to buy digitally. Um, especially once we become like a, a multi-switch household, which I think is inevitable, mm. <laughs> um, you know, for us buying a game digitally becomes more attractive. Um, for sure. so, so interesting stuff there. We'll obviously have more impressions and more news as that all comes out. Um, but why don't we take a break? Cause I've been yammering at you a lot and then we'll come back cause we're going <laughs> to break down this Nintendo direct piece by piece. What do you think? Sounds good. All right, folks, we'll be right back. 
Hello everybody, welcome to a special super secret segment to the podcast. It's me and the man behind the curtain. Um, so uh, we're going to talk about some news that broke in between the time when we planned the podcast and we recorded it. So those of you who are obviously listening to the show right now know that uh, I recorded a podcast with Tila. She's our new permanent video game host. Um, she's doing awesome, by the way, John. Although you know this already because, you know, you're, you are you are omniscient when it comes to the audio recordings. Um, but the... Um, so we're talking about largely about Nintendo and the Nintendo Direct. However... Um, PlayStation decided to drop some news on us that is at least interesting, and we wanted to talk about it. Um, so rather than wait until the next episode or even two weeks or what have you, we thought, why not just record a quick episode or, or a quick segment and just talk about it? Um, so um, here we are. John, how you doing? Excellent. Nice to have you How about you on. yourself? I'm, You're I'm doing, doing much okay. better. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'm doing all right. So... Okay, um, I'm a little bit more well rested. Last night we recorded kind of late, and now here we are. Uh, we're you know I'm you know in the middle of the day. So um, PlayStation Classic was announced. Um, here's what it is, folks. It's the NES Classic, but it's the PlayStation One. That's it. I mean they they provided a bunch of extra details. Um, here are a few differences. Obviously, it's pre-installed PlayStation 1 games as opposed to NES games. That goes without saying. Um, it comes with two controllers. Original PlayStation controllers, meaning no analog sticks. So if you're used to like the DualShock, you'll be confused. Um, but this is what the original PlayStation controller looked like. Um, and it does not come with a power cord, but it's a USB-C charged device. So those of us who own Switches, probably going to be fine. Uh, everybody else... It's a USB-C powered device and you'll have to get your own cord. Um, it also costs $99.99. So it's a hundred bucks. Um, it's gonna it's going to include 20 quote unquote genre defining titles. Now that's marketing speak, but whatever. They're they're setting they're trying to explain what things are. Um, and there are going to they have already given us five games uh, that have been listed. Um, it's going to launch globally on December 3rd of this year. So the five games that are included on it right now are as follows. Final Fantasy VII, Tekken 3, Ridge Racer Type 4, Jumping Flash, and Wild Arms. Now, um, Final Fantasy VII need no introduction. Um, it is, uh, I heard you described it to me when we were talking about it the other day, you called it the Skyrim of the PlayStation one. Um, and I'm all like, I am all in on that description. Final fantasy seven is being brought everywhere. It's not only like it's on everything. I think it's been remastered. It, 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 we're not even going to get the remastered version. We're going to get a port of the original. Um, but like also it's, like you could buy on your phone, I think. Like, yeah, no, it's available. There's on phones. so much. Like, there, it's about to come out on the Switch, and it's like porting a twenty-year-old game. Like, like I, I get it. I understand. Like, I specifically, like John, specifically went out and bought a PlayStation so he could play Final Fantasy VII. I'm the biggest Final Fantasy VII guy, you know. 
And it's just like, I, I could care less. I could play it anywhere else. Like I have it on my PS4. I think I have it on my PS3. I think I have the the PC discs somewhere. Like, I've bought it everywhere. Like, why do I need it? Well, here's what here's the thing. Um, and then remastered. Then the remake comes out like in 2025. Eventually. So, yeah. well, here's my thing. Um, I think it was included. I don't think they wanted to include it, right? Like, I think when they yeah. made this device, they were like, oh, "We're putting you know Final Fantasy, but you can't have an, a PlayStation Classic console no. without including Final Fantasy VII. It's just it's a requirement." Um, yeah. So Final Fantasy VII, and we'll get back to... One of the things I want to do is talk about some of the games that we might want on there or some of the games that have been suggested. Because the thing about the PlayStation 1 is it does have a very good lineup of games that do hold up fairly well. Better, I would say better than, say, a Nintendo 64 classic. Yeah. Um, so some of the other, the other games that are there, Tekken 3. Tekken is a classic fighting franchise, and Tekken 3, in my opinion, is where it came into its own. I played a lot of Tekken 3 back in college, um, and I would love to have it back. Um, this is, you know, like I said, it's as far as I'm concerned, it is one of the best in that franchise. Um, and so having that back. Uh, Ridge Racer Type 4 is a very good racing game. Um, I would be stunned if they did not include, like, a Gran Turismo title. With that said, they might not include a Gran Turismo by nature of the fact that Gran Turismo games don't necessarily age super well. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, um, but we'll find out, obviously. Um, you know, at the very least, it would be a game that they wouldn't have to pay anyone for, you know, the rights or the usage, because they own it. Um, the other two games, uh, Jumping Flash, which is just a very interesting early 3D action game, um, and Wild Arms, which is a cult classic JRPG. Um, the fact that they included Wild, Wild Arms, right? Like, the other four games are kind of obvious, Final Fantasy VII, which is is first to mind for a lot of people when they think of the PlayStation 1. Tekken 3, it's a great fighting game. Probably one of the better fighting games on the system. And Ridge Racer Type 4 is a racing game, and you, you have to you kind of have to include a racing game of some kind on a PlayStation 1 classic. Um, and Jumping Flash is interesting. Um, and, you know, you're always going to have stuff like that. Wild Arms, though, that's a third-party deep cut JRPG. Yeah, I've um, never heard of it in my life. Um it's cool. It's very cool. Um the Infinite Co-host very hype about Wild oh, yeah. Arms being on there. Um but the fact that they included that leaves the door wide open for some very cool potential um additions. Yeah. So, um all right. Here is my um so what are your thoughts in general? Like we know Final Fantasy Seven, like it's it it obviously has a place on this. Like if you're gonna make this device and have it be anything close to a top twenty list on the console, you have to include Final Fantasy Seven. Um but what are your thoughts in general on the device? Um, you know. I've been rambling. I think um yeah, yeah. So uh basically um as I've told the story before, my father wanted a Nintendo Classic. Like he was kind of excited when it came out. Uh, unfortunately, they were unfindable. I learned, went out specifically, learned how to make 
a Raspberry Pi and how to put games on there that we had owned in the past so that he was able to play the games that we grew, I grew up and watched him play or played myself when he was at work because he was kind of a hog. But uh, when it comes to PlayStation, um, there is no real great emulation out there unless you have a nice computer like myself. Um, most of those games are locked, and they're really big files to download if you're trying to get a digital copy and emulate. Um, I own some of the games that I'm about the list, but like my list would consist of, of course, anything Castlevania. There were, like Symphony Night is another one that's just a Final Fantasy VII where it's on everything but a toaster because I have it on my PS3. If, if you buy it on PlayStation Network, you can play it on PS3 or Vita wherever you go, so like it doesn't matter. Um, there's other little stuff that I was kind of interested in. Um, there's no really uh, Final Fantasy Anthology, which was five and six that came in a dual like yep. a solo disc which i have yeah um the gex what why is there no gex why isn't there an old school platformer like gex out there well, that we can't gex get is one that gets we needs can't to get be super mad and we can't assume that things aren't going to be on there yeah i agree yeah, but, because yeah, they've only shown yeah. us five games but, well, I think Gex should be more available also. That's another one I have that I bought digitally so I could play that on my Vita, but like it's another one that definitely I, I want to see a remaster that I don't even care about being on this. Um, stuff like uh, Harvest Moon Back to Nature, because you need a Harvest Moon game in there. Uh, do, do Lemmings you? 3D. Yeah. Like, okay. I want, there's some kind of beefy uh, management game on there. Okay, but, I, mean, I I am not so, opposed to that. So and then um, a, a game that is about to be remade that hasn't been talked about. I think they announced it last year, but not this year. Yeah, it may have been this year. Uh, medieval. I think medieval is a given. Yeah, um, that's, they said genre yeah. medieval. It's a 3D action platformer where you play as like a skeleton. You know, like it's just kind of it's like goofy ghosts and goblins kind of stuff. Um, I think that's a given to be on here. Um, and so, then of course like Spyro and then Crash, but like th those are two things that are remade this year. Yeah, like it's gonna be on everything but a toaster. So yeah, um, um, I mean, I think Crash is all but a given. Also. So, and then uh, Worms, because Worms games should be on everything. They, they they spoof every movie, and then it's also just a fun uh, Missile Command type game, if you've never played it before, where like you, you, you there is like a holy hand grenade in it, and you just, each team gets four Worms, you can change the names, um, and then they have like Dirty Dozen type uh, quotes. And it's just a slapstick game where you're blowing each other's worms up on, like, a landscape. It's a really cool game. If you've never played a worms game before, they're very fun. And um, the physics are stupid. It's great. <laughs> yeah, it is like, stupid. Like, you, just, you could walk up to somebody and slap them off a ledge. They could bounce off a rock and 
almost make it into the water, and then he could come back and just bazook you into the stratosphere. It's crazy. Um, X Men versus Street Fighter, like what the those I think games? That's gonna be. I think that one might be a little tough to put on here. I know, but like every once in a while, we get like crazy stuff that like we never saw coming. That like like the uh, the versus games with the X Men and X Men versus Capcom, and all, all those games like. There hasn't been like a really great version of that lately, um, and then uh, definitely gonna be on there's Chrono Cross and or Chrono Trigger, um, Diablo One, Doom One, Duke Nukem, like those kind of shooters. Are, like I know we're a family podcast, but those definitely should be on there. Uh, Parasite Eve and Resident Evil. But I want Resident Evil Director's Cut, which I also own on disc, so I don't know why I would want that specifically. Well, again, um, remember, yeah, yeah this this is, is, they're like, making a, they're trying to make a top twenty list, and they and they said yeah. they want genre defining stuff. I think Resident Evil is yeah, Resident is a Evil. Given. Yeah. Um, especially since Capcom has been trying. I think yep. some of what you're asking for might be a little much. Parasite um, Eve is a deep cut, but um, you know, that, Eve, that... I think the issue is I don't think they can, I don't think they own the rights to the name Parasite Eve anymore. I think there's something going on with that. Uh, um, but that's a, that's a Square title that that was made like just after Final Fantasy VIII yes. or something like I that. Mean, listen, Parasite there. Eve is a well loved game. What it is, folks, is it's a, it's an action role playing game. It's it's a role playing game that has some action elements where you play as a female police officer in New York City in the br- on the brink of like a weird virus. There's magic and other shenanigans going on. Magics and aliens. And yeah, just, it, there's yeah, just a weird. lot of stuff going on. It, it, um, it's it's a square role playing game in modern times. Yeah. Uh, it's very neat looking. It's gonna though. be weird. Yeah, yeah. It, I, I got almost all the way up to the end, and it, I never really beat it. But uh, that's another one I have on my Vita. Like, ninety yeah. percent of these games are gonna end up being well, already available to you. But I don't think as that long that's a as you have the Sony uh, Sony network attached to something that's a PS3 or Vita, like. You won't get these games on PS4. And what I want, and it's what Nintendo just did, was, yeah, here's a classic. My dad, if he wants all those games, he's going to go buy a classic. In two years, I want an app on my PS4 or 5 that I could play 20 of these games. That's what Nintendo just did, like... They gave us 20 random Nintendo games that I could play whenever I want now, online or offline, with friends or without friends, wherever I go. That's uh, I want that, but I want that in a different... Like uh, Now I want Sony to make a, a decent portable machine. V- Vita was a decent portable machine that never took off, but like I want another portable machine that will play PlayStation 1 games. And unfortunately, there's no emulation for that that's well enough to go portable, but... Yeah. Listen, so, I mean, let's stay on scope. Let's stay on yeah. scope. So, here's the... Um, so, we've talked about this device. I mean, this is definitely trading on nostalgia. 
um, mm. which is different a different kind of nostalgia than the NES Classic or the SNES Classic. Those were all hitting children of the 80s and early 90s. Um, you know, it definitely hit me. Um, whereas the PlayStation didn't come out until I was, you know, in high school. Um, yeah. And so it's this is hitting a different group, a younger group uh, than, than was hit prior. Um, so, you know, Sony definitely has, especially considering, you know, if we look at the, what they have done, right? Like they have Namco Bandai involved. They have Square Enix involved. Um, so th- this is, th- this has the potential to have some really cool stuff on it. It's going to grab some people. Um, I don't think that it's going to be, I mean, I still think that the strongest classic system that has been released so far, and it's more than just the NES and the SNES because there's a Commodore classic and things like that. Um, it's not going to compete with the SNES classic in value. I don't think just because half of that, um, is, you know, some of the best games ever made. However, I'd like to propose some additional games. Um, so, um, I, on Twitter follow a gentleman named, named a gentleman by the name of Jared Petty. Um, his Twitter handle is at Petty comma Jared P E T T Y C O M M A Jared. Um, he is a delightful individual. He's a host. He's a content creator. Um, but one of his, um, he really knows a lot about older games. Um, and so he presented a list of the additional 15 games. Um, and I am kind of here for it. So this is what he put forth. And I'll just go through them one at a time. Um, and just, you know, throw me a thumbs up or a thumbs down. So this is what he suggested for the remaining 15 games. I don't think this is all that will happen. I doubt half of these will, but I think it's an interesting thing to talk about. First, Final Fantasy Tactics. Um, I feel like this is a given um, yeah. for me. Um, Final Fantasy Tactics is a Final Fantasy game. I mean, anybody that's listened to this podcast, I'm sure you've heard uh, me and my cousin talk about this. I'm sure I'm going to get him on the show again soon. Um, and he, we will talk about Final Fantasy Tactics. This is just a strategy role-playing game. It's super hard, um, but it's one of the best games. I mean, for some people, it's their favorite Final Fantasy game. Um, next is Suikoden 2, um, which is Suikoden is a... Uh, it's a JRPG um, where the, it's all about building up this big army and then choosing the best six characters that you want. The story is apparently... I've never played it. Uh, this is Jared's like favorite JRPG. He talks about it all the time. Um, I don't know if this is possible, um, but there is a huge fan community behind this Weekend in series, and 2 is apparently one of the best. Um, interesting fact, though... Um, and one thing that may hurt it is that Suikoden is done using sprite-based graphics. And it was released at a time when they were moving to 3D. So it was published around the same time as Final Fantasy VII. But Final Fantasy VII was done with like those crappy polygons that now look really garbage. Um, whereas Suikoden 2 is in beautiful sprites, a la like Final Fantasy VI. Um, so there's that which I think is very interesting. Um, next, uh, this is an absolute... The The only way this one is not on there is if Konami screws it up, and that is Castlevania Symphony of the Night. Yeah. Um, there is no chance. The only, like Unless Konami is stupid and, and says so, no. 
so what you're saying, you would uh, make a bet with nope. Nicole Tanner. I am not making bets with Nicole Tanner. <laughs> um, but Which, I by would... the way, thanks for the shout-out. I, uh, uh, I heard you guys talking about me on uh, – Gaming, geeking with the moms, and yep. uh, yes, I absolutely hate Big Bang Theory, but that's a subject for another podcast. <laughs> well, it's almost over. It's yeah, almost over. So you're, 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 the ordeal is almost over. The ordeal, the ordeal. Anyway, we that's that is the topic for another time. You and I obviously are not. We do not see eye to eye on that. Um, yep. But so. Um, I think Symphony of the Night is an absolute given. Um, this is a it's a Castlevania game. Um, it is the it is the reason that they call games Metroidvanias. Yeah. Really, um, there's been some pushback against that term recently, um, largely because this is like the you know they're all just kind of, you know they're all just kind of following the Metroid formula. Uh, so why give Castlevania credit for it? I don't really care. Symphony of the Night is one of the best constructed games ever made. It's super cool. Um, I am very excited to have this. Now, obviously, I could have this game right now on PS4 or on Xbox One, and my kids could play it. Um, I really want it on the Switch. Um, If it was on Switch right now, I would have bought it. Um, But... uh, Well, it's not on Switch, but you have uh, Bloodstained, uh, Curse of the Moon. That's coming next. Yeah, well, we already have that, but they are different games. Um, so that's Symphony of the Night. Um, that is a guarantee to be on here. Now we get into some of the ones. Uh, the next one is, that is also a guarantee is Parappa the Rapper. Yeah. Parappa the Rapper, one of the most early rhythm games. If your family is a fan of rock band and guitar hero or whatever, Parappa the Rapper is the predecessor to those games. Um, hilarious artwork goofy story and it's you know you're rapping um there are still people that remember that music um and remember it fondly um speaking of uh things that konami could mess up uh metal gear solid the original metal gear solid is one of the defining games on the playstation yeah but that's another one there there's an hd collection so yes but again, this is about creating its own viable product, not necessarily yeah. availability of the games. Because you could buy most of the games on the NES Classic on Virtual Console mm-hmm. on the Wii U, um, but they made the, the new thing. So I, I, I understand what you're saying, but they got to make this product attractive. Um, so next is Bushido Blade. Do you remember Bushido Blade? Yeah, Um those games are great, but like it's not one that I'm good at. So, oh, I'm terrible at it. But as we all know, yeah. I'm terrible at all video games. Hmm. Um. So. Hashtag. Uh, hashtag. Bad at games. games. Yep. Uh, every look, once in a while, I don't know if you read the show notes, but every once in a while, there's a little Easter egg that I, says hashtag. I, I, I absolutely <laughs> read the show notes, and I don't complain because it's true. Uh, everybody that's listening should be looking for merch. Um, because we are making uh, hashtag Steve is bad at games merch. Um, I'm hoping to get um, play mats uh, for those of us that play collectible card games. Because nice. um, I think that would be kind of funny. So, um, let's see here. So, uh, next, Einhander. Now, Einhander is a deep cut. This is a Square mm-hmm. Enix produced 2D shmup. So it's like a space shooter 
a la Gradius and R-Type, but it is made by Square Enix. It is very good. Um, and so I think it, depending on how deep their partnership with Square Enix is on this thing, um, I think it has a shot, but I don't really know. What do you think? You ever play Einhander? Never heard of that one. The, you look it up on YouTube. Uh, you've probably seen it. You just, you know. Um, I don't know. It was that thing. So next is Klonoa. Remember Klonoa? We're talking about 3D action platformers. You pulled like the deep cut that I've this never is, even heard Klonoa mentioned. Klonoa is actually not so much of a deep cut because it was actually, you know, they made sequels to it on Dreamcast and stuff like that. Klonoa is a 3D action platformer. Um, now, again, I am not bringing these up. Jared Petty, the expert in retro and vintage games, is bringing this up. I'm just using him yeah. um, because I didn't want to look these games up myself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so there's Klonoa. Um, how about uh, Front Mission 3? I'm skipping a few of them because I have never heard of them. Uh, but Front Mission 3. Right, yeah. Tactical, you know, strategy game. You're controlling, like, a group of mechs, and you can really heavily customize them. Um, that's a bit deep. This one, I think, um, is a Vagrant Story. What do you think? So, Vagrant oh, yeah, yeah, Story yeah, yeah. is um, a, a role-playing game on the PlayStation 1 that has been lost to time. Um, that it hasn't had any sequels or any remasters, um, and I think this would be a great way to bring that back. Super fascinating game. Uh, it's set in the same world as Final Fantasy XII, interestingly enough. It's set in Ivalice. Oh, really? Yes. Um, so, yeah, it's very interesting, um, very complicated and deep combat system, but very cool. Um, Valkyrie Profile which is another very deep JRPG. Basically you are, um, so you are, it's a role-playing game where you are building a party of characters and you have to get them more powerful. Um, but when they die, they are gone forever, but that's okay because not only are you adventuring and completing this world, this quest on earth, but you are also preparing for Ragnarok, so you need to give them soldiers in order to win battles up north. So occasionally you do just kind of have to sacrifice characters so that they they can fight um, up, you know, uh, in the afterlife to help defend there, uh, which is an interesting concept. Um, I think it's getting ported to mobile or something. Um, I read something about that recently. Um, what about Legacy of Kane? What do you think about that? Again, oh, this is a family show. But... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, that's one I ha I have Soul Reaver on my list, uh, which was the sequel or something like that. Um, yeah, that's another great, great, uh, deep story, mature game that is really good. Um, agreed, agreed. Um. Yeah, Valkyrie Profile is getting ported, uh, or has been ported to um, iOS. Uh, it's been ported to, where are we? Um, it's in Western App Stores. Um, so, yeah, it's on, it's, on, uh, it's on iOS and Android, which is kind of neat. Um, but I would definitely love to have this one come back. Um 
And um, Legacy of Kane, I agree. I think that that's another one that's kind of a gimme um, to 3D action platformer, very combat focused. Not so much for the kids, uh, but you know, that's this is going to be one of the first classic systems where I really think that there are going to be some content issues where parents are going to have to kind of look at. We're going to have to look at the whole list once it actually comes out. Um, number one, and compare what we talked about uh but really kind of evaluate like okay out of the 20 what are their esrb ratings um that's yeah that was a great thing about playstation for people like me and you um this was the first time that graphics looked almost realistic well so um for their time so basically this is the first time they were able to make mature games that were mature games that you know when you saw a monster, it looked like a monster. Like the the uh, initial Resident Evil scene where you feel where you see that first zombie, that's a straight up like full motion video that oh, looks I, like a I zombie, agree. and you get chills like the first time you play that game. Agreed. And so, and the other key is this is the really, you know, th- as a result of that is that this is the first time where content mattered. Um, also, good news is every one of these games will have been rated by the ESRB um, because yeah. they all came out after the ESRB existed. So we'll actually be able to go through, um, and I intend to once they announce it, because we actually have the opportunity I wonder, to do so. Uh, and I really wonder if they put parental controls on this. I don't know. That's going to be a good question. And I think that's going to depend that would on what be kind awesome, of games though. they include, right? Yeah. Like, for example, um, if they decide to stick to, you know, non-mature rated games, yeah. does that mean that they exclude? I mean, you know, like, so, so let's just go to the ESRB just for sake of, of discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, and because they actually have a database with all the ratings for all the games ever. Yeah. And, and Final Fantasy seven is T. So like if, if we're at T, you know, what, what, um, like what M games would they put on there that, that you think would stop, would, would have to have locks on them that like, um, there's not much difference between that and Diablo at that point. So, like... I'm with you. I mean, what, yeah. for example, um, Resident Evil. Yeah. Which is, you know, on the PlayStation, was rated M for animated blood and gore and animated violence. So, yeah. are they going to limit it to T? and thus remove Resident Evil? Are they going to provide parental controls? All these are good questions. So this is something that we'll be able to do, um, is as these games, as it comes out, we'll be able to evaluate the ESRB ratings. And I think we're actually getting close because of the way that, you know, with even the NES and the SNES, that we should be able to get the, the, or at least guess at, what the ESRB rating for each of those. We could do like a side-by-side comparison to talk about which one is good or bad. We'll, we'll definitely be doing some analysis on that. Um, because this is one of those things that, this is the first time where there are like M-rated games that might be worth avoiding. And this could be like, a, oh, I don't want my kid playing Resident Evil. That might actually disqualify the entire product. 
Um, yeah. You know, are you going to put this under the tree? Well, you know, maybe we don't want. Um, and that's the other thing. I think it's kind of a, it's not a misstep, but like, I, I really wish they, like, I think this would make more sense if they released it in the middle of November, not waited till December 3rd. I mean, like that. That, it's missing Black that Friday. Black Friday, yeah, that Black Friday. That's gonna. If mom and dad walk in there, and mom and dad are you know our age, and they're looking at at the shelf, they didn't hear about this, and they're like, they remade the PlayStation. I need that. I want to play. I want to play Super Monkey Ball with my kids. Like that's like. Uh huh. This is where to play it, and yeah, they're they're not gonna see it that day, and that's gonna that's kind of gonna like push it off. Um, I I hope they do something with like a pre order, uh, in stores so that they could get that final push. But like, summer third is just a little off the mark. I know it stinks. I know like I work for a major company. And uh, manufacturing dates and, like, getting things out on and getting things in people's hands is, like, basically, if you guys haven't heard, I work for Lego. Um, if, like, you're, if your item doesn't get to you on time or if the box is banged up when you call the number, sometimes you get me. And it's, like, my job is to make sure you get that. And, like, I... I see that in everything else now, and it's kind of just like, uh, if this came out on this date, like when we announced the uh, Harry Potter Hogwarts castle, uh, it was announced on Harry's birthday. So, like, that's – or no, when he got the letter, I think it was. And, like, that was the perfect time to announce it. But then it came out in the middle of the summer, so, like, it's it's good enough where it'll be out in holiday season. Um, all the other stuff came back in stock, like the uh, Hogwarts Express and stuff like that. So, like, seeing the way things get to people now is, like, part of my life. So, like, having it wait till December is kind of a pain. Yeah, but what are you going to do, right? Like, yeah. the game, I mean, we say this knowing full well that Smash is coming out after this. And yeah. it's going to be right at the top of all of our gift guides. So, you know, yeah, I get what you're saying. And then, like, like, like everybody, everybody's going to buy Pokemon, you know, in November, and then it's going to turn it into like I I get hit with buying a PlayStation one one classic, and then you know a week later I. Had, for a hundred dollars for that, and then an R sixty dollars to get Smash, and then oh, I need the special GameCube controller, and like I need this and I need that, and then it just it starts piling up and getting in the way of other things. So like, no, I I, I get it, and I'm with yeah. you. Um, yeah. I think this is just one of those things we're gonna have to wait and see. Um, yeah. The reality is, this thing is gonna sell a lot. Um, I think the question of whether or not, because Sony likes making money, Mm -hmm. um, and they learned from Nintendo's mistake. So, um, 
I think, you know, this is going to be available. I, I can't wait until they tell us the rest of the games. As soon as they do, John, you'll be on, and we will yep. go through them one by one and talk about their ESRB ratings, and we will also put some, you know, guides up on the site. In fact, we should probably work on those just for the, uh, the NES and SNES Classic as they are, considering they are slowly becoming more available. Um, and I'm sure they'll be hitting the secondary market soon enough. Um, so, folks, thank you for listening to our uh, special segment on the PlayStation Classic. Um, I think, uh, John, I'm going to have you say goodbye. Well, before I go, oh, okay. uh, i just like to s- send a special shout-out to Steve. Uh, Steve, you've been doing a lot, and uh, I Steve talks about the Patreon. He talks about you know going, liking, and sharing all of our stuff. It means a lot to have our show and our site and all the content that we create in front of other people. There are other people that want our stuff. They just don't know it yet. We are in a very niche like arena. So like, there is no one else in the game that takes care to make sure that all of our stuff is 99.9% family friendly. Like we always make sure that like there, there's no mention of, you know, mature themes mostly like we do talk about adult games, but we make sure that we skirt around where your children can sit beside you and be comfortable either reading or listening or watching our content. So there's other people that should be listening to us. So, that's all I have to say. Uh, have fun. Uh, and if you get a chance, you know, go play with some Lego. And it's pronounced Lego. There's no such thing as Legos, just like there's no such thing as deers. There's oh, okay. deer. Okay? Okay. I'm sorry, they're it. Legos. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I I'm... do it. I do, you know what? I get on the Listen, phone with but people, you get, you get and judged. And you guys say it. You guys can... say it. And when I... Like, but when you say it back, you get in trouble. I understand. Just, just like when it, when when I LARP, when I hang out with orcs, I talk like an orc. That's a problem that John has. It's so annoying. Yeah. But yeah. Well, I'm off to work. So you guys have, have a fun. great day and enjoy the rest of the episode. See you later. Later. All right. Bye now. Bye. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to episode 149 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. We're still talking about video games. It's still me and Tila having a fireside chat. Um, We've played two really awesome video games. Nintendo is starting to be a little bit more awesome, kind of, sort of, with their online service, even though they're charging people for it. But whatever, we can't control that. But they also uh, had an awesome Nintendo Direct, which I kind of psyched myself out like, when they said they were having a Direct and it was about games coming at the end of this year and and into next year, I was like, okay, it's cool. They're going to tell us about Yoshi, a couple other things. This thing kicked me in the face over and over and over again. Yeah, they blew us away. So, um, I'm, I'm not going to bury the lead here. The big announcement is Animal Crossing for Switch. Tila, uh, 1 to 10, how hype are you? For Animal like Crossing a hundred. Can I go a hundred? Is you that okay? Can, listen, um, this is like whose line is it anyway? The points don't matter. Um, okay. So, so a hundred. Uh, so a hundred. Yeah. I, you know, um, we did not lose our mind in this house. 
when it was announced, but I think that's because we were kind of exhausted from all the other announcements. Because Animal Crossing, we're doing it first, but they did it last. Not only did they do it last, but they also, um, he said, uh, the the guy running the Direct said, hey, we've got one more thing to show you. Please stay until the very end. Now, I knew, okay, so this is a post-credits scene at the end of Avengers. (laughs) Like, we got to stay. Yeah, we got to be here. (laughs) So we got to pay attention. Um, So the first thing they did is they showed Isabel who is a character from Animal Crossing, and then they revealed that she's going to be a fighter in Smash, which, sure, whatevs. Okay, yep. (coughs) And then... Get to the good stuff, right? So first they're like, but that was a long time of showing us Isabel walking around, and it's like, boom, Isabel's in Smash. And so it was like, ooh, new Animal Crossing, mega hype. Oh, no new Animal Crossing. Oh, man, you're insulting us by putting Isabel in Smash. Oh, there's an Animal Crossing. So it's like this emotional roller coaster that I was not prepared for. Um, Yeah. But um, it's an Animal Crossing for Switch dated for 2019, which means not not that far away. Probably next fall. Um, what do you, what does an Animal Crossing on Switch look like for you? Uh, like 400 hours of gameplay. That's yeah. what it looks like for me. <laughs> yeah, I mean, this is one of those. Like, I'm excited. This is if ever there was a game that was going to make us have multiple Switches, it, it's going to be Animal Crossing. Oh wait. Also, yeah. it's coming out the same year as Gen 9 Pokemon. Thanks. I know. Or is it Gen 8? No, it's Gen 9, right? I think it's Gen 9. Gen 9, whatever. There's so many Gens the now. The next mainline Pokemon game is coming out the same year as Animal Crossing. So, yes, many families will have multiple Switches. Um, yeah. So, um, yeah. So, for those that don't know what Animal Crossing is, the quick elevator pitch... Um, you are placed in charge of a little farm or a little town or whatever they decide to put you in charge of. Um, I don't think you've actually ever been in charge of a farm, but I think it made, it would make sense if you, if they did, if they, if they decided to call it animal crossing farm town, no one would be weirded out. Um, and you're in charge of a town. You're like the mayor or whatever. And you run around and Mm -hmm. do stuff. You collect bugs, you collect fruit, you sell stuff, you decorate your home, you decorate the town. Um, this is very much a game that you don't play for hours on end. You just play for an hour or so every day forever for the rest of your life. Yeah, the nice thing about it, too, is that they have so different seasons, different fish to catch, different uh, bugs to catch. So to actually complete the game, yep. you have to go through a whole year of logging on every day, catching what bugs and fish you can, stuff like that. So there's lots to do. Yeah, and... This is the first console Animal Crossing that has been released in the post-DLC era. So I am certain that Nintendo will be given stuff out. And I, don't, I'm, and I don't even necessarily mean that they'll be charging for it. Like, they've done free updates to Splatoon like crazy. Um, oh, yeah. I would be very surprised if there was not some kind of immediate DLC plan and maybe even a season pass. Like this is uncharted territory. Um, and I don't care. (laughs) Yeah. I will buy it. It will be mine. Yeah. We're, we're on the hook for a couple of copies of this game. Um, so that's animal crossing. So obviously the next thing they did announce that Isabel, who is a very fundamental character in, um, animal crossing universe is going to be a fighter in smash. It is not super clear whether or not she's her own character or if she's an echo fighter, a villager. Um, mm-hmm. I don't think it matters. Um, she's super cute. People are going to lose their minds. Um, they love Isabel. Uh, Megan loves Isabel. 
um, it's a cute <laughs> little friends. dog person. Um, they're basically yeah. BFFs. Um, so that's Megan's main. She just decided. She decided yeah. her main was. She didn't even need to decide it. It just happened. I mean, granted, Peach is in there and Zero yeah. Suit Samus is in there. So it's not like there is any lack of blonde female characters for Megan to choose. But Isabel is just straight up in. Yeah, um, she's a dog person. Yeah. I mean, and she throws uh, plates of food at people. I'm in. Um, yeah. So next, you know, kind of going in order of, uh, you know, some of the other stuff that was announced. Uh, they announced the new Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion 3 coming to the Switch. Um, I- I'm okay with this. I'm excited. I love Luigi's Mansion. Luigi's Mansion is one of those things where I think the hate went too far on that game when it was out on GameCube. Now, it's actually, fun fact... Um, uh, channeling my inner Janet there. Fun fact, um, <laughs> Luigi's Mansion is one of uh, Jenna's favorite games. Um, the yeah. general loves Luigi's Mansion. We bought it, you know, we had a GameCube back when we lived in our condo before we bought our house, and Luigi's Mansion was a game that we bought kind of by accident. Like, we didn't, like, run out and, like, we didn't know about it a huge, you know, but we bought it, and she really got into it. So now it's coming to 3DS. She's going to play that. Um, and the fact, and there's a, th- there's another, uh, a sequel was released for the 3DS. Um, the switch with the, the, the 3D rumble and the, the motion controls, like they have a lot of potential to do some really cool stuff. Um, and oh, with yeah. Luigi's Mansion three, and I can't wait. Also, Capture some ghosts. Yeah. And the art style is also perfect for the switch. Um, oh, because yeah. you know, you don't need, yeah, I would agree f- with that completely. You don't need high fidelity. You know, this doesn't need to look like God of War or, you know, Red Dead Redemption in order to look amazing. So uh, Luigi's Mansion 3, that's coming out next year. And I think, man, I think that's quietly uh, one of our family's most anticipated games. Um, they did also announce that Nintendo uh, that Luigi's Mansion 3DS um, is going to have two-player co-op, which is kind of neat. Um, so you can play that. If, if both players own a copy of the game, you can just play the entire game in co-op. Um, if you don't own the game, you can do the boss rush mode. Um, if, uh, you know, through the DS download system. Which, that's kind of cool in and of itself. So, that is uh, Luigi's Mansion 3DS 2. The only thing I don't like about the two-player co-op is that, like, if you and I were playing, on my yeah. 3DS, you appear as like this green silhouette of Luigi, as opposed to a different character. Oh. Um, and I feel so like that was a, a missed opportunity. To discern. <laughs> oh no, 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 no! It's very clear that like who is who. Uh, but I mm-hmm. just think it's a little weird. Like they they could have just made a, another character. Like why couldn't it be Daisy? Yeah, that's true. Like you know, or they could have done Waluigi, my favorite, everyone's favorite. Uh, definitely not my favorite. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Are it's nobody's those, favorite. I was like, are you one of those crazy Waluigi <laughs> no, people? Oh my God. I'm not a crazy one. <laughs> you and I. You that and was I, sarcasm, everyone. Okay, Absolutely good. not. I think that was going to cha- put a strain on yours in my relationship. Um, <laughs> At the end of this conversation, like, I, I don't think we can be friends anymore. I think you're off the podcast. Yeah, I think you're done. You're fired. So um, <laughs> now how about this crazy set of announcements? Um, how about, you know that I love me some Final Fantasy. <laughs> Oh, I know um, you love Final Fantasy. So, how about they announced the following games are coming to the Switch. First is uh, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, which was originally a GameCube game. Yes. That's a really stealth good add to the Switch library because it is a multiplayer. I love that game. Yeah, this is a great move. We're It's definitely going to be purchased. Um, 
again, another one of the General's games that she loved. Uh, it's four players without having to have, like, four GBAs and link cables and everything. Just being able mm -hmm. to play with four Joy-Cons sounds awesome. Um, yeah. We are definitely making YouTube videos of that. Um, so, uh, Final, Fantasy, Final Fantasy Crystal Chronicles, uh, Final Fantasy XV, the Pocket Edition, um, mm -hmm. Final Fantasy XII, the Zodiac Age is coming. I know. Um, Final Fantasy Chocobo Mystery Dungeon. Um, and then Final Fantasy 7, 9, and 10, and 10, 2. Yes. So, every... Basically all the greatest ones. Every 3D Final Fantasy game, with the exception of Final Fantasy 8. Um, now, true. here's my question. Why do you think they left 8 out? You know, I would have to say because, like, it's not as big of a game... Um, I know there's a lot of big Final Fantasy people out there. I never even got to play that game. Um, I actually started well, on it 10 and 10 came out when it, I think it came out before you were born, I think it might be. Yeah. Um, but I feel like a lot of diehard <laughs> Final Fantasy fans are, they like 8 and they know what's going on in that one. But like even me, like I know a lot about 7 because a lot of people talk about it. But even 8, I, I have no idea. Here's what's interesting about 8. Because um, I'm with you on this. I think the, the layer that matters is that the people who love 8 and are 8, you know, I don't want to say apologists, but, like, Final Fantasy 8 fans love them some Final Fantasy 8. But um, it's, you know, but there aren't that many of them, you know? Yeah. I mean, I will go so far as, and I have said it before, that Final Fantasy 7 is criminally overrated. Yes. However. I agree. I mean, if you love it, you love it, and I want you people to love things. So I'm never going to yeah, say something wrong. Yeah, you love whatever you love. Yeah, exactly. Um, that works in video games too. Um, but it's just interesting that they left eight out. Um, my hope is that I can't imagine that. I'm sure that there. I, I don't want to say I'm sure. I hope that there's a technical hurdle, or maybe they're in the process of trying to remaster it, or you know something. Like it just feels a little odd. And conspicuous that they put literally everything else on there. Um, yeah, I mean, maybe they're doing an HD remaster. We don't really know. That would be cool. Um, it is one of those games that, of the ones that are there, like, I'm not going to buy Final Fantasy VII on my Switch. I'm just not. Um, I am buying ten. You, you Yeah, darn right I'm, I'm buying, buying 10. ten all, all day. Um, and the funny part about it is I told everybody that I was buying ten, and the general was like, yeah, she, she may not have been pleased, but she accepted it as fact. The boys were very confused. Mm -hmm. They're like, Dad, you already own ten three times. And I was like, guys, I don't think you understand. I'm going to own Final Fantasy X on every console <laughs> they put it on. Exactly. Period, the end, full stop. <laughs> um, and they're like, well, even on consoles that you don't own? And I was like, all right, well, that's... Now you're just being stupid. <laughs> um, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna play that game over and over and over again. Um, yeah, actually, if they're gonna give it to me on the next gen console, I'm gonna buy it. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm def and give it to me so that I can sit like in the car and play it. Yeah, you bet. I'm in. So all day, lots of Final Fantasy announcements. All of them are. I mean, you know what? For there are a lot of kids who played 15, maybe played 15 on their phone, and are really kind of into that kind of thing. This is a great, just th this is a great summer <laughs> for you know a kid that maybe you know is looking for some role playing games. Um, or a family that wants to kind of play them together. This is like a whole year worth of entertainment. Um, and they will not likely be cheap, but they put them on sale all the time. 
Um, in fact, oh yeah, the Final Fantasy Fifteen Pocket Edition is on sale right now, full game for seventeen dollars. It's a pretty good deal. That um, is a really good deal. So next thing they announced is uh, they showed us Yoshi's Crafted World. Um, what do you think about it? I think it looks interesting. I mean, I really love the different angles they're coming at with all of the new, the newer like Yoshi and Kirby games. Like I gotta say Kirby Epic Yarn all day. One of my favorite Kirby games. And so they're kind of adding new layers to like those sorts of games where they're uh, revolutionizing them. And I'm pretty excited about it. Cause I love, I love those kinds of games where they, they change, they change it a little bit, but it's still the same fundamental game. Fair. I mean, I agree with you. So Yoshi's Crafted World, here's the big trick with Yoshi's Crafted World. Um, there's two big things. One, you know, obviously it's a Yoshi game. Um, but number one, everything looks like it's made by like somebody that was doing, you know, just dumped their arts and crafts box out, um, which is pretty cute. Uh, but the other thing is all the levels are designed to be played backwards and forwards. Yeah. Which is quietly a really impressive game design thing. Yeah, uh, because it's hard to, um, it's hard to make a level it's, it's one way. To, yeah, it's hard. Exactly, <laughs> it's hard to make a level like that. Um, <coughs> excuse me. So being able to design a game to be able to play, be played backwards and forwards is really just showing off at this point. <laughs> like we're so good, we can play it with our eyes closed, backwards and forwards, more or less. Um, which I can't really <laughs> argue with. So that's coming out sometime. Um in 29 early 2019 they said um i'm super okay with it this game looks great it's a day one purchase um i really dig it and you're right that all the different crafted games be it epic uh, kirby's epic yarn or um woolly world yoshi's woolly world or even you know the the uh the canvas curse uh the the kirby oh, game yeah. with, that was made out of clay um yeah that was awesome job. Um, so, um, just continuing with some of the announcements, um, new Super Mario Brothers U is coming to Switch, um, quietly one of the bigger announcements they made, um, and the reason for that is, did you, would you believe me when I say there's no 2D Mario on the Switch right now, and it's almost two years old? Right. Um, very weird. Um, this solves that problem, and realistically, new Super Mario Brothers U, um, was uh, a Wii U game, and nobody owned a Wii U. I mean, we did, but, like, the general population did not. So this game yeah, is hold on. very good. I like the Wii U. Yeah, but no, I loved mine, too, but nobody owned one. No, it's true. It's so true. a lot of these really great cool. games were locked away on it. You know what I mean? So That's this true. gives an opportunity to, you know, bring this... This game is basically... Like, a lot of game, people are like, oh, well... You know, it's just a bunch of ports. I'm like, it's technically a port, yeah, but, like, we don't get mad when they bring Persona 5 from Japan to here. Cause it's in, true. Cause in Japan, we don't, like, because that game's fantastic, first of yes, all. Yes, not for the children. But no. you know, what I mean is, like, Dragon Quest Eleven was released in Japan first, and nobody yeah. gives any attitude when they just, quote-unquote, port that from Japan to North America. Um... Because and they do that because obviously they want to sell it to more people. This is kind of yeah. the same thing. They're just kind of localizing it to a bigger market. Um, I'm super okay with it. It's a bundle that's going to include Super Luigi U, which is basically an entire another game. It's 164 
courses uh, in one Mario game. Um, That's yeah. going to take some time. Yeah, exactly. This will be a great game. Um, we'll go quicker. It's four-player some... co-op. Um, four-player co- it's four-player co-op, which is insane. It's divorce mode co- co-op, but it is yeah, what it is. You can um, throw people off of sides yeah, of buildings. But it's so good. <laughs> Um, I can't wait. I actually really very, I, we did not own it. So I played it at a friend's house. Um, so this yeah. is one that we're very much looking forward to. What do you think about Katamari Damacy? I am so excited. I love those games. This They're one caught just you by surprise, so right? ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't prepared at all. I, I, those games are so ridiculous looking and they're just endless fun. It's just like, okay, you're this little guy, roll everything into a ball, and certain levels will say, okay, you got to do it up to this point. So do it for 25 centimeters. And then some of them are just like, roll up as much as you can. And the bigger you get, the more stuff you can pick up, the best game. Just so much fun. What's crazy about it is I had to explain it to my kids while it was being announced because I knew what it was pretty much right away because I recognized the dude's head. In Cosmos? Yeah. I got you. So, no worries. So I knew immediately. I was like, oh, Katamari Damacy. How weird is that? And everybody in the house was like, what? Um, so for those of you that are wondering, <laughs> here's what I want you to do. This is your homework. Um, <laughs> go to YouTube. Look up Katamari Damacy. K-A-T-A-M-A-R-I Damacy. D-A-M-A-C-Y. Go to the YouTubes. Look it up. Nothing that Tila or I say will help you grasp the absurdity of this game. Um, <laughs> it's so ridiculous. You, you really just need to watch it. It's a game that originated PS2. Yeah, I, it was PS2 or PS1. It's an older game. Older yeah. franchise. Um, pseudo puzzle game. Um, and the idea is you are rolling objects in the environment into big balls and eventually shooting them up into the sky so they can become stars. Um, and it gets bananas because you're rolling up like animals and buildings and benches and, you know, all sorts of stuff. Um, and some levels these... will be like, don't roll up cows. And so you have to avoid cows the entire level. So, yeah. you know, so it's exactly, which makes it the puzzle. That's the puzzle. Aspect. Yeah. So this is definitely like an action puzzle game. It is absurd. And as everybody that listens to this podcast knows, I love absurd things. Um, I never, I have never owned a Katamari Damacy game. Um, we are fixing that. And actually, uh, the person who was most excited about this one, uh, the little Maggie, who is a very yeah, I excited, can imagine. um, this seems like her game, although she's really getting into, uh, the most recent, uh, Kirby game. Awesome. Uh, like she beat a boss. <laughs> whoa, whoa. Um, calm down. She's uh, getting too big. Um, well, she was playing Fortnite earlier on today, <laughs> um, in playground <laughs> mode. Taking people out. <laughs> nope, just in playground mode, all by herself. Um, well, we don't awesome. Wanna, yeah, she she doesn't she doesn't she doesn't really play with other people. Um, she yeah. they just put her in playground mode and let her just do whatever she wants. Um, That's awesome. But yeah, Katamari Damacy is is kind of her jam. Um, oh, it's my jam. No did worries. They, did did they quietly announce a Splatoon two battle royale mode? I think they did. I think, I think they, they announced did. Splatoon battle royale. I'm gonna tell you this much. Um, I don't play a lot of Fortnite. I appreciate it. My kids love it. They love it because, of course, they do. You know, 12-year-old and 9-year-old boy, like, they obviously love Fortnite. It's their Um, jam. It is definitely their jam. Um, But Splatoon 2 Battle Royale? Now that, that is for me. 
that is that is for Steve. You know what I'm saying? Um, <laughs> yeah. Oh, battle, I know. Battle Royale, for those folks listening that somehow don't know what it is, a Battle Royale is, you know, you put 100 players on a map and then they compete. Um, I am super excited. If that, The problem is it was kind of ambiguous. They did like this anime opening because it was definitely like an anime opening, like music video. Yeah. Um, they showed off some new weapons and then they said like 100x battle. And I was like, did you just say Battle Royale? Because 100 is kind of like the... You know, the code word. I don't know. We'll find yeah, out. Yeah, like, wait a second. <laughs> um, I will play the bejesus out of that. Um, yeah, like 100 hours at least. Now, speaking of um, weird crossover stuff, because it is video game week, so you wouldn't expect me to talk about Asthma Day on video game week, but Asthma Day Digital made a bunch of announcements in that they said that Carcassonne, the Lord of the Rings living card game, and Pandemic are all coming to the Nintendo Switch soon. And they also indicated that they will be bringing games based on Catan and Munchkin to the Switch. Oh, Munchkin. The jam. I mean, yeah. I think that has the potential to be very cool. Um, oh, yeah. Evan lost his damn mind at the idea of playing <laughs> Carcassonne on the Switch. Um, I would say this. Um... If these games are successful, Asmodee, obviously, they have the money to throw around, right? Yeah. Um, they are very big, um, and they own a lot of great licenses, and they, they sell a lot of great games, as noted by how awesome the lineup is there. Um, mm-hmm. If these go well, I would not be surprised if other companies find a way to start doing that, too, especially considering how relatively easy it is to port mobile games onto the Switch. Um I would not be surprised if 2019 was the year of the board game on the Switch, especially if these games... Like, if Carcassonne comes out and just cleans house, and if Pandemic comes and cleans house, I would not be surprised if if Fantasy Flight finds their way in there, um, etc. And then all bets are off. Uh, so this oh, would yeah. be a very interesting year to look for the tabletop games. Um, so, uh, some last little stuff. Um... Kirby's Epic Yarn, Extra Epic Yarn is coming to the 3DS um, sometime yes. in 2019. Game Freak, the company that's responsible for uh, Pokemon, is made is uh, revealed a brand new game with the working title of Town. Uh, it's a turn-based RPG coming to the Switch in 2019 that all takes place within a single town. Uh, hence why it is called Town. Sure. It looks adorable. Yep, just Town. Um, it does look really cute. And um, how about... How about Civ Six? I don't know yes, how I feel about it. Like I'm very excited about Civ Six, but it's a little. I mean, it's something about Civ Six on Switch. Like if they get the controls right, this will be crazy. Um, this got the biggest pop in our house. Yeah, bar none. Um, Evan lost his mind. Um, Jenna likes Civilization. What we really like the idea of is like, imagine like Christmas morning, you know, you open it and then you just start playing it. You just start playing like hot seat multiplayer and just, yeah. you just take the switch with you wherever you go and you just play hot seat multiplayer for a week. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like this is the kind of yeah, game that forever. can just take everything over. Um, I'm a huge fan of that. Civilization, it's a strategy game, folks, it, but it's so cool. It's so cool. I gotta say, every time I pick it up, I'm like, okay, Tila, you're only gonna play half an hour, 
And then and you then gotta you go to bed. And then, you and then it's like seven hours later. I'm like, oh, I have to be up for work. One more turn. Yeah, this is... I, <laughs> I, I, we actually don't own Civ Six right now, largely because I just don't want to deal with the... It's a bad time. I mean, it's a good time, but it's, it's a, a bad time, time a bad how time. much time. So yeah. they did make some other announcements. They, they, don't, they don't really, you know, kind of jive with our audience, but that's a lot of stuff. Mm-hmm. And this was just like a random direct... They yeah, they're asked, just like, hey, we're gonna do a thing, I guess. They ended up delaying it for a week because of our uh, because of an earthquake, but lots of really good stuff. Um, so yeah, what, of those, biggest thing, obviously, Animal Crossing, right? Oh yeah. When do you think they're gonna put that out? I'm hoping soon. Um, I hope that they're like spring of 2019, and I'll be like, yes, all day. But it'll probably be fall, probably fall or winter most likely um because they want it to be big for the holiday season most likely how insane would the would would it be if let, let's not ignore that this is very possible if they if game freak releases the next two pokemon games mm-hmm. in the same holiday shopping season as animal crossing People are just gonna, you know, wallets you think, goodbye, no more think, money. You think that'll sell some game uh, you think that'll sell some switches? Just like, I don't know, two or three, a couple. Yeah, a handful. I think th- yeah. the big thing is those games are going to get more people buying. Because they've said in interviews that the thing with the Switch is that it is a hybrid console, which means it's not one per household. It, that they yeah, well, that's what I was going to say. It's a lot multiples. of times people have one per their household already, but this is going to force them to get two, three, four of these things. Yeah, I mean, and if you think about it, especially if, like, next summer they roll out with, like, a, a price drop. Um, oh, there, goodness. Like, well, th- th- we've done this math before. Now, indulge me for a moment, which I shouldn't mm-hmm. ask I shouldn't ask for that because you always do. Um, yes. So it's a $300 console, right? Mm-hmm. A pair of Joy-Cons, which you would obviously use and comes with, a switch, with the Switch, right? Um, mm-hmm. is 80 bucks. Yes. A dock is also 80 bucks. Yes. Which means, and you get the value of both of those things, or you could sell the dock online. So let's say you don't need a second dock. You just want, you know, which most of us could find a use for it, right? Like in oh, our yeah. house, we could put a second dock up on my desk, or we could leave one at Nana and Grandpa's, right? Like they I have, said, I have them all over the place in my house, so. Right? So having a second dock, not an unuseful thing. And that's like 80 bucks. So if you combine those two things, that's $160 worth of not the Switch tablet. Yeah, and not games. And not games, but that's okay because you already have some games. That's true. Right? So Because we're talking about this is your second Switch. So that's 160 bucks. So if you think about it that way, you're getting your second set of controllers, maybe your third, which is fine. You might need those. You know, eight-player Smash is a thing. So a third yep. set of Joy-Cons, never hurt anybody. A, an extra dock that you could either sell for, you know, 50 bucks on Facebook Marketplace. You know, maybe you could even get full price for it. Who knows? Um, which yeah, it'll look the price. brand new. And then that basically makes the Switch tablet like 150 bucks. That's true. cheaper than a new 3DS XL. Which... We buy those for each of our kids without even thinking about it. Some of us, as adults, have more than one of them. 
you so, know, you make some good points. I'm, it's what I do. But it's still <laughs> and also when you couple in the fact that there's layaway, you know, like That's that, true. that makes a difference. So this is one of those things that I think and if and if Nintendo drops the price by fifty dollars next year. Which I think is if. within the realm of possibility. I don't think it's outside yeah. at two and a half years they put one out. Or in in Japan they actually have a bundle that doesn't come with a dock. It's just meant to be it's just the handheld. Interesting. Um, and it dropped like 60 bucks off the price or something. I mean... That would be worth it to sell here for sure. Right. They could do that. People would buy them no problem. Right. Um, especially people looking for their second one. So mm-hmm. I think that Nintendo's idea of, okay, so here we're going to put out all the games at once that make you need multiple Switches. Um, and then we're going to drop the price a little bit. I think, you know, they've sold 20, 25 million Switches. I you bet know, you pocket change. A third of them are in households that would probably get more than one. Oh yeah. Um, Cause I mean, we'll have, to, we'll have two. I mean, depending on prices and you know, our economic situation, we might even end up with three. You, you know, know, I think I'm just going to even buy one for my cats at this point. Yeah. Why not? You know? Yeah. So, I mean, we'll have to see what it goes, but man, animal crossing and Pokemon hitting at the same time is just, so that would many. be insane. Could you imagine the Christmas break? Like, being a kid and having a week with that, that's just magic. Oh, I would just live in my room. Yeah. Oh, man. So, um, so that's this has been a wonderful episode 149 of Engage, a family gaming podcast. Tila, you, are, uh, you have been a welcome addition. Um, thank you very much for taking the time. I know I'm keeping you up a little late. And I'm oh, thank you, you for from, having me. And I'm keeping you away from Dragon Quest, and so I apologize for that. Yeah, that's um, a problem, but I gotta, I gotta go to rehab for it, anyways. Yeah, it's already so, well, we'll, <laughs> we'll help. So, um, for those of you listening, you know, thank you so much for listening to us. Uh, we, I hope you enjoyed listening as much as we enjoyed recording it. I do have one favor to ask, though. So, here's what I would love. Um, Two things, maybe, if I may be so bold. One, we'd love some reviews on iTunes or on Google Play or really wherever you see us. Um, so uh, please, if you would be so kind, throw some reviews up there uh, because more reviews actually is... Reviews are like the number one thing that will push us up um, above other podcasts and make it easier for people to find us. So please uh, do that. The other thing that helps is downloads. So um, everybody that listens knows one person. You know, um, I would ask kindly with hat in hand that you send this podcast over, maybe shoot him a Facebook message and be like, Hey, I don't know if you've heard of this podcast, but would absolutely love it if you would give it a listen because whatever spiel you want to give, I don't know, be honest. I don't want you to lie on our behalf, but I mean, if you, (laughs) if you need to know what to say, let me know. I'll give you some line, some uh, one liners. So, um, until next time, where we are probably going to talk even more video games, just to kind of balance out the the topics a bit, Um, this is Steven and Tila, we're signing off. I want you guys to have a great week, and I want you to not forget to get your family game on. We'll see you soon, guys. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Tune in next week.